0: The World Cup brings the globe together like no other event, passions run high, every corner kick is with breathless excitement, and the cities who host these matches become international tourist destinations. We already know the 2026 World Cup is headed to North America, but we want to make sure that Dallas is one of those key sites chosen to host the games, and hopefully the International Broadcast Center. Today on the Mic Drop, we talk World Cup 2026 and its possible impact on our community with FC Dallas President Dan Hunt and Pedro Silva, sports anchor of Univision. So let's drop the needle and let's go. Welcome to the Mic Drop, everyone. This is Monica Paul, Executive Director of the Dallas Sports Commission, along with my our next level intern, Marcus Carr. And Marcus, we're flying solo today. Uh, so uh, Sully is uh, busy with his day job. I think, you know, he's taking the, the week off, uh, I, kind of being lazy a little bit, but uh, he's in uh, South Carolina working behind the scenes at the PGA Championship. I'm sure when he returns next week, we're going to have some great stories about how some of our local boys, whether it be Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau, Will Zalatoris, or, you know, my personal heartthrob, Brooks Koepka, uh, hoisted that Wanamaker trophy. Uh, So uh, Sully actually uh, sent me some notes and encouragement earlier this week. So uh, I appreciate it, but uh, definitely going to miss him uh, in this this mic drop uh, podcast. Uh, So a couple...
1: Yep, go ahead, I think, Marcus. I think he's taking the week off. He he just said, Monica, I, I'm going on vacation this weekend, and and uh, you're gonna have to carry the load today.
0: I know. I think he probably put, put his feet up on the beach somewhere, and he's just pretending to be working over there. So, uh, we're, we're we're gonna give him a heavy load next week, I think. So, uh, but uh, definitely looking forward to to Sully coming coming back and joining us here on the on the mic drop. So, Marcus, a couple of things of note, uh, you know, some mic drop moments this week uh, before we jump into soccer and World Cup talk with uh, our guest. Uh, you spent the weekend out at the AT&T, Byron Nelson, uh, at its new home at Craig's Ranch, uh, the first, uh, I think, big event uh, back from uh, COVID uh, for, for you to be able to, to go out and work. How was that experience?
1: Yeah, so speaking of the the Texas boys, you know Jordan Spieth played ex- extremely well well on day one and three. He eagled eighteen, and the crowd went insane. I don't think I've seen that big of a crowd together in a really really long time. So it was it was a really good experience to just see you know people getting some kind of uh, normalcy back and. And, you know, the AT&T Byron Nelson, you know, we had great weather all weekend. And, and it, I, I'd, I'd say all all across the board it was a success.
0: Well, I, I know I've heard from a lot of fans who were able to attend. Uh, limited capacity, but uh, those that did attend had a fantastic time. I think people were uh, excited to get out, uh, enjoy some golf, and, and get that Byron back up and going. And despite the rain, uh, the course and the setting received rave reviews across the board, uh, the numbers were definitely reflected in the TV ratings. Uh, the first and second rounds of the tournament were the most watched since two thousand and seven, and despite that uh, big rain that we had on Sunday, uh, the w- weekend ratings were the highest since two thousand uh, and sixteen. And kind of in the day and age uh, when ratings are down for everything on traditional television, that's pretty incredible news for the Salesmanship Club, and uh, you know, obviously, their beneficiary beneficiary in the Momentous Institute. So. Uh, congrats to the to the Byron Nelson and everyone who uh, worked really hard to make that happen. Um, one of our other big mic drop moments happened uh, this week, and where we announced uh, that we're going to have an ATP Tour uh, 250 event, uh, the Dallas Open will to be taking place in February 2022 over at SMU's Tennis Complex. Uh, this great opportunity for Dallas, I can't tell you for how many years. Uh, we have had residents and fans say, why don't we have professional tennis here uh, in Dallas? Uh, and w- we're able to make this happen. So uh, a big announcement yesterday with John Isner, a 15-time ATP Tour champion and, and resident. And Dirk was there, who loves tennis and uh, you know started playing tennis at a very early age, uh, joined us to announce that this uh, tennis tournament was coming. Uh, so, so big news there. And Marcus, I have to ask, um, you know, you you got to meet Dirk yesterday, I believe, and with the big fan that you are, how was that?
1: Uh, it was really really good, honestly. I I like we talked about before the show. I didn't realize that John Isner was was that tall. So seeing him next to Dirk, I I was I was kind of a little bit shocked. I was like, this guy plays tennis. Like, there's no way this is this is happening. And so, um, no, but the event was great. I believe I think that you know. To, uh Dallas is significantly excited for tennis to be here. And what better place to do it than SMU?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the Isner Family Foundation is going to be a nonprofit partner there. Uh, and uh, the GF Sports <laughs> and Entertainment and the ATP have a lot of uh, plans to really invest in the community and give back. Uh, and it's not only going to be 60-plus professional players, uh, tour players. It's going to be youth and collegiate uh teams as well so a great opportunity for those that are playing in college those that are you know just getting into tennis from a recreational standpoint Uh, I think a a great opportunity for our local businesses to to engage in other nonprofit partners as well so really excited to to see that uh, take form and uh, a lot of excitement uh, yesterday at that at that announcement. So Marcus uh, tell me what you're thinking uh what what are our Mavs uh what chances do we have in in this playoff run?
1: Yeah. So like you, like you mentioned, Dirk did did talk a little bit about the Mavs yesterday at the, at the ATP announcement. And, you know, you know, we reflected from last year when Luca hit that game winning three and we, we were able to see what Luca might really be. And, and that's an MVP candidate in the future. So, you know, he has his first playoff series under his belt against the Clippers and Luca is the type of player where that's going to stick with him. So I think, you know, the rivalry might be there similar to like Dirk alluded to the Spurs and in Mavs in the past. So I, I think Luca is definitely thinking about it. It's definitely going to be on his mind all weekend. And I I'm very hopeful for them. Luca is going to have to carry the big offensive burden this weekend or throughout the whole series. it matter of fact, and, It'll come down to Luca's performance on the offensive end and how well they execute the defense uh, throughout the series.
0: Well, we're definitely uh, cheering for the Mavs, and uh, uh, we always do better as a city whenever our professional teams are in the playoffs and making it uh, down the road. So really cheering them on uh, as uh, we see uh, them moving forward. So um, before we... Next up is Pedro Silva and then uh, Dan Hunt. But before we get to them, let's hear a little word from Rachel and our sponsors.
2: Power Hands is a global athletic training and rehabilitation product tech company that enhances human performance through designs, innovative technology. If you are a coach, athlete, fitness enthusiast, Power Hands is for you. Who doesn't want to improve their overall performance and recovery? Even better, PowerHands is Dallas-based and a portion of every product purchased. Helps provide athletic and academic programs to youth and underserved communities. Go to PowerHands.com and improve your athletic performance today.
0: Next up, we on the, on the mic drop, we've got Pedro Silva, sports anchor for Univision Dallas here with us today to give us his take on soccer here in the DFW era, area, Latino marketing. Pedro, welcome to the mic drop.
3: Good morning, Monica. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
0: Yes, very, very excited to uh, talk to you today. Uh, I think a, a lot of different uh, uh, topics in terms of, you know, how can we reach that uh, Latino community and talk a little bit about uh, the soccer that we have coming up here. So uh, a, a big game coming up uh, May 29th with Mexico versus Iceland over at AT&T Stadium. This is, uh, you know, a, a a multi-year deal that we have uh, with the Mexican national team and really making Dallas the home away from home for for that Mexican national team uh, and really being able to engage our, our community. It's also uh, a great opportunity for international soccer to, to come back in full force, really, uh, after the pandemic and COVID. So, Pedro, from your perspective, how important is it for Dallas to really hone in and, and make itself the, the home away from home for the Mexican national team?
3: Uh, It's so big. It's so big, Monica. And actually, right before joining this call, I was looking at my photos, and I was seeing about two years ago, uh, on June of 2019, Mexico was also here. And I saw a photo of you during the press conference. I'm not sure if you remember when Mexico played, I believe, Ecuador. And uh, Gerardo Martino was here, the head coach. Uh, This was at the, uh, it was in downtown Dallas, at the Dallas uh, City Commission. City Hall,
0: yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, Dallas City Hall, actually. Um, So, yeah, I mean, and and this game now against Iceland, it's basically a friendly game, of course, but it's going to be heading into what's going to be the CONCACAF Gold Cup as well, because let's keep in mind that Mexico also is going to be playing in a couple of weeks later, uh, a bunch of games here as well in the DFW area. So it's just getting everybody ready for what's coming, you know, Um, and I, I think it's just a way to expose soccer. Uh, for all sorts of markets and being Dallas, the center of attention, is going to be just fantastic.
0: Yeah. You mentioned that uh, CONCACAF gold cup. We are very, very excited about that. Uh, um, obviously CONCACAF had to redo some of their schedule this year due to, due to COVID and uh, capacity restrictions. And uh, we've got nine different uh, soccer matches taking place. Mexico and El Salvador will be here in market Uh, excited to get to full capacity and 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 a big opportunity for us really to showcase all of our stadiums and facilities here as we lead into our our world cup bid down the road and um you know at&t stadium cotton bowl i mean cotton bowl hasn't had a a gold cup in in ages so really great to to be able to use that pitch to showcase it toyota stadium obviously what uh, fc dallas has up there is a great opportunity and then really following it up with that quarterfinal match or two knockout actually quarterfinal matches at at and t Stadium to premiere that as a a top soccer destination.
3: Absolutely. And uh, you know Mexico Salvador I think that's going to game that's going to be a game that we would like to see as far as on the pitch, of course, but also outside of the pitch, as to how many fans from El Salvador are also going to show up, because we all know how Mexico is, uh, how big it is here for our market. Considering we've seen games at AT&T Stadium um, with their crowd, but El Salvador also, you're talking about uh, another uh, part of a Latin community that's going to show up, and it's going to be obviously a great game to 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 view the colors post-pandemic. So that's going to be fantastic as well, but going back again to Mexico playing here at AT AT&T stadium, that's just so big. Um, And there's a reason why obviously Jerry Jones made this deal to, to have also the Mexican national team playing uh, every year. Um, And it's just great. It's just great to expose the game.
0: Yeah. I I couldn't agree more. Um, You know, you're a big soccer fan, I believe. And uh, I think you play recreationally. Uh, So you know, we talk a little bit about our, our bid to to host the World Cup. It's something that's uh, really top of mind, the top of my bucket list right now. But as a soccer fan, from your perspective, you know, what would you be most excited about uh, if the World Cup were to come to Dallas?
3: Wow. Uh, what can I tell you? Well, first first off, I was at the World Cup in Brazil 2014. Uh, that was my first uh, World Cup experience. And I have to say that's probably the best time of my life so far. <laughs> Uh, I was in uh, Rio and Sao Paulo, and I was able to watch the semifinal game in uh, Sao Paulo in the Arena Corinthians between uh, Argentina and Netherlands. Uh, That game was won by Argentina on PKs. And if I could just explain somebody what the World Cup is, it's just such a great experience. Uh, You're talking about every nationality out there um, just to gather for a game and all sorts of cultures, all sorts of sites of viewings the atmosphere, um, and the quality of players that you're, that you're watching. If you like soccer, and even if you don't, you're gonna fall in love with the sport because watching guys like Leo Messi, as I was able to watch, Argent Robin at the time with the Netherlands, uh, you're talking about two of the best players at the time, and they just offer uh, a spectacular uh, sight for everybody who is there, and then also for the ones who are watching on TV. So to have that piece, here in our area um it's just going to be great i mean i don't think there's any other sport that is able to gather so many different nationalities just for once cause and just to watch obviously the beautiful game so i think that's just going to be fantastic
0: i i agree i had the opportunity to go to my first world cup in 2018 in russia the the final because we knew we were getting towards this bid process or in the middle of it and the passion uh, of the people and the diversity, and uh, everybody uh, being happy and celebrating soccer in different cultures—it, it is amazing and and really a sport and an event that uh, transcends the world and like no one has ever seen. So, Pedro, you you've been here in Dallas uh, originally from Venezuela, I think. So, yep. um, why from from your experience in in, in Dallas and in, in the soccer? I mean, we have a wide breadth of. Uh, youth uh, to collegiate all the way to to professional teams here uh, and obviously a lot of international matches but from your perspective why has Dallas become kind of a mecca for uh, for soccer
3: wow that's a great question Um, let's start off by our professional team here uh, FC Dallas they have done such a great job um, of developing talent local talent Um, we've seen it obviously recently with Brian Reynolds going to Roma uh, in Europe to the Serie A in Italy. Uh, We've seen it with Reggie Cannon, who's been playing in Portugal. Um, We keep seeing more and more players being developed. And that's one way to get attention. That's one way to say, okay, well, let's see what's going on in Dallas that I can perhaps bring my kid and see if he can actually make it also to the MLS and to Europe. Why not? So for the past I want to say eight years or almost 10 years, which is my tenure here in this city, (laughs) I've seen um, the Academy of FC Dallas done such a great job to develop talent. And that's one way of seeing it. And then also just the growth, the growth of soccer in the United States has been tremendously. Uh, We've seen it with more and more international players coming to the league. Uh, Obviously, Gonzalo Higuain now on Inter Miami, Joseph Martinez, Atlanta United, Uh, He's also from Venezuela, and he was um, the uh, the league scorer uh, a few years ago. So it's just a matter of putting more eyeballs. It's just a matter of investing, of course, and then also just getting the game exposed to people who haven't seen it and obviously getting those youth talents developed so they can even make it further out and just keep growing the game.
0: Do you see any uh, difference in the younger generation, the, the millennials, and even younger generations that are coming up, and what they're, you know, focused on? Maybe not uh, as traditional of sports, the baseballs and soccer's. Is it more esports, or, or, or what do we see there?
3: Uh, yes. Obviously, esports is also big. Uh, I was actually able to interview recently uh alan avila who's the uh, e-player e-sports player for fc dallas he speaks spanish fantastically and that's a great example that's a young kid who's into e-gaming and he has i can't remember the the number but i know thousands of followers on uh, twitter so yeah uh, i do see that in the younger generation however i do see also just a traditional just they they're doing it in a different way right i mean it's all about now the instagram videos the uh the all, all all different social platforms snapchat facebook where they like to obviously just share their uh their videos their their uh talents or whatever they they want to share with their with their friends where before you know it was just a more traditional way of, of me just you know i remember in venezuela waking up just to watch every weekend Uh, whether it was the Serie A, La Liga in Spain. And, you know, I was just, you know, so attracted to it by watching players like Ronaldo, the Brazilian, or Alessandro Del Piero in Italy, Um, you know, a a bunch of players, but it was just a different times, right? Now you have social media, which is just the principle, the the, the main key to try to get that demographic. Uh, So yeah, I just think it's just different.
0: Yes, and uh, you know, I think one of the benefits of for us here in Dallas is the uh, the companies that our corporate uh, community here that uh, really support sports. And uh, I know there's a lot of uh, uh, Me- Mexican and Latino companies here that are, are based here that have their headquarters here that that really lean in uh, to support our sporting events and and uh, the different different opportunities that. Uh, uh, we have here from a sports standpoint. So Pedro, before I let you go, I have to ask one, one question. What, uh, you, you, have been in the market for, for a long time and, uh, um, been a broadcaster. What has been your favorite sporting event uh, that, uh, you've been able to attend? Oh,
3: wow. You put me there on the spot. Let me <laughs> see. Um, there are so many events that I've been able to cover here. That's been fantastic. Um, if I have to recall one, or at least the first one that comes to my mind, it was uh, Real Madrid-Roma at the Cotton Bowl, actually. Oh. Um, this was a friendly game from the International uh, international Champions League Tour. Um, and I remember that game for obviously obvious reasons. Cristiano Ronaldo uh, was the big attraction for Real Madrid at the time. And then on the Roma side was Francesco Totti, a guy who I grew up, uh, watching when, when I was watching uh, soccer back in Venezuela. So I was actually able to interview uh, Francesco Totti. Um, I have to say it was in English because he doesn't speak Spanish. He obviously speaks Italian. But um, that was a great experience, you know, to to watch so many fans at the Cotton Bowl for a friendly game. And, you know, again, it's another example as to how you can see an atmosphere of so many people cheering for two teams that, you know, have a large gathering and with two main players, even though I think Ronaldo didn't play that game. Actually, he he was in the bench, but uh, still, I mean, it it was a great, great game. Um, And if I have to think really quick aside from that, as far as any other event, um, let's see. I think it was probably also a a Mexico um, game against Panama. Um, and I remember that game specifically because Blas Perez, who used to play for FC Dallas, also scored a goal on, on the Mexican team. And, you know, he got so many boos that the, <laughs> most of the crowd was from Mexico. And Blas Perez was a local favorite, you would think, playing for FC Dallas. But, but yeah, that was another experience.
0: Well, there, I'm sure there's a very long list for you to choose from, so sorry to put you on the spot there. <laughs> but uh <laughs> Uh, I really do appreciate you for joining us here on the Mic Drop, and uh, Pedro, thank you for everything you do for us and uh, uh, over at Univision Dallas.
3: Absolutely, Noel. Thank you for having me, Monica. Appreciate it.
2: Dallas is known for its big wins when it comes to sporting events. Whether it be Final Fours, Winter Classics, Pro Drafts, or even international soccer matches, Dallas sets the standard. And now it's time for our biggest win yet. We want the 2026 World Cup. The Dallas Sports Commission is working hard to bring the World Cup back to our great city, and we need your help. Head over to DallasWorldCup2026.com to sign the pledge to bring it back. Be sure to follow us on all social media at World Cup Dallas to stay up to date on all things 2026 World Cup.
0: And next up, one of my favorites here in the Dallas area, president of FC Dallas, chair of our World Cup 2026 bid committee, and 1994 World Cup ball boy, Dan Hunt, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, Monica. Favorite, that's a great way to start my day. Hey, well, I, I, I try to do my best to, to make sure everybody's having a great day. Um, Dan, I have a lot of things I, w- I want to talk to you. Obviously, World Cup is a, is a big topic uh, to, to note. Um, we had uh, your technical director, Andre Zanota, uh, over here I think a few weeks ago uh, to talk about FC Dallas and the developmental programs that you have and, and kind of how different they are from, you know, other leagues and developmental programs and, and how you really groom athletes uh, coming up.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's something we do exceptionally well here. We develop great soccer players. Um, if you look at the number of players called in in the recent national team call-ups, a number of them have their background, their pedigree from FC Dallas. Um, we're excited for them. Obviously, the big news of the year was the Brian Reynolds transfer, um, which happened going to a, a historically great club in Roma in Italy. And I'm excited for Brian. He's such a neat young man, but we have so many boys and girls playing soccer, um, you know, for FC Dallas, over over 6,000 are doing it. And we have teams across the Southeast. We've had incredibly good luck with kids out of Alabama, um, too, with, with kids like Brandon Cervania, who's played in the national team, Chris Richards, who uh, is at Bayern Munich on loan at Hoffenheim right now. Um, so it, it, it's been a very, very fruitful market for us. Um, and so we just continue to develop players. A lot of work goes into this um, with these young people. I mean, a lot of them have started at the club at a very young age. Um, I look at players like Jesus Ferreira who came to the club um, as an eight year old and his father was, was one of the great players for FC Dallas. And we're seeing more and more generations of those players also like Dante Seeley and, and his dad, Scott Seeley played for the club. and was a good goal scorer in mls also and dante got his first goal recently Uh, a lot of people here um touch our youth development program from all sides and we watch these kids grow so i'm excited about the future we continue to have great ones one of the really exciting ones is justin che who's on loan right now too at bayern munich um, you know, he, he's got some national team stuff in the future for him, which is great news, great kid, um, 17 years old, uh, hard to believe these players get younger and younger and we keep getting older, but uh, the future is bright and look, I look forward to developing girls that will eventually play for the senior women's national team too, we're starting to see a lot of youth national team call ups on the girls side, um, but you know we'll, we'll get to the point where we have young women in the senior squad and and obviously the u.s women's national team is the best national team in the world right now and with the greatest legacy and that'll be a big honor for this club but we're spending a lot of time and effort on that too
0: well i love to hear that dan because i I get a lot of those questions uh especially as we're progressing through this world cup bid of you know monica what can we do here locally to progress women's soccer how can we you know how can we grow that here locally so i i love to hear uh uh, what you're saying in terms of the growth there.
4: Yeah, I mean, this is such a talent-rich market, um, and I think, you know, professional soccer, women's professional soccer will come this way, and that's great. That's a really exciting thing, and, you know, somehow I'd love for us to be involved in that, um, too, I'm trying to do all things soccer, um, but we're a big believer in, in the game, and I have two young daughters, and I love supporting the women's programs the, these, these women are great role models um, for my daughters and for young women across the metroplex and you know it'll happen here for this area and and I'm glad it will that uh, the women's game continues to grow and I know we're talking 2026 World Cup but I think there's a great chance that um, the next Women's World Cup after that you know Dallas-Fort Worth should be on the radar for sure to to host those games Um, and hopefully you know we, we can you know the goal here is obviously to try to get the final for the 2026 World Cup but we should also be chasing the final for the Women's World Cup if the U.S. is awarded it.
0: Well, I I couldn't have said that any better, uh, Dan. So uh, we'd definitely be interested in a, in a women's World Cup. Uh, um, obviously, you know, 2026 is our our big focus right now. I can't thank you for for your leadership uh, enough, and and everything that you and your team have been doing. But you know, what opportunities does Dallas have uh, in, in hosting this World Cup? What would it mean for the city and Everyone involved from FC Dallas to our youth programs, uh, North Texas Soccer Association and the and the breadth of youth and and adult soccer players, the companies here. What was it? What, what would a World Cup mean for us?
4: Well, look, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this for a second to, to everybody listening. Um, Monica, you do a fabulous job for our community the events that you've helped bring here. Um, and the funding that you help provide to make them happen. It, it shouldn't be lost on anybody, you and your entire team. And, and the city of Dallas has gotten behind this. These are great economic drivers. And I think you're, you're one of the best in the country at doing this. So just know we appreciate you at FC Dallas. But what this means for our community, they, they say the economic impact um, for the games alone could be between four and $500 million for, their, for our region. And if we're fortunate enough to get the International Broadcast Center, um, that's another hundred million of economic impact. But besides all that, it just grows the game of soccer. Um, it, it grows it, it raises the relevance, it raises the awareness, um, it provides more opportunities for kids to play. And I know it's a men's world cup. And again, I, I focus on on the girls side too, is it will provide more opportunities for girls to play soccer. We desperately need more fields <clears throat> in our communities. I think this could be a great boon for those um, those fields in those communities where people are or, or in, in a lot of these cases, cities are willing to invest because so Soccer is such a great youth sport it gets kids outside doing healthy active lifestyles and look, we have a number of companies who participate, um, whether they're a partner of FC Dallas or whether they're uh, uh, another company that sponsors, you know, a different league of soccer. A lot of them have an interest in the game and a lot of their employees do, too. We're going to be bringing the highest level of soccer in the world to our great community in 2026. And what a great opportunity for people to go see these superstars play. It's a really special experience. Like you said, I was the ball boy in 94 and I've been to every World Cup since 1986. Um, it was a family trip that we did with my dad, and to get to experience the world and cultures, and this is one of the greatest commercials that we could ever have for Dallas-Fort Worth. It's We live in an amazing city. It is so dynamic. The economics and the economic drivers are unbelievable. What we're seeing in the real estate market um, and all the commercial development going along with it, and we have two great airports. Um right here in a number of private airports around the community. You know Our public transportation continues to grow. This is an incredibly affordable city for the World Cup too. Sometimes you travel places where hotels are so incredibly expensive um, and transportation is so expensive and complicated. And I think we will do a great job of this here. And also, you know, if you look at our venues, AT&T Stadium, and obviously we're intimately familiar with it from our association in the NFL is a great economic driver. I mean, the stadium, what it can accomplish um, should be a big win for FIFA and the number of fans that we can host there. I mean, you're talking upwards of between, you know, 85 and 100,000 people potentially for games, depending on how we have to configure the field. That is amazing. Um, And so I think it'll be a great venue, but we have, you know, places like Toyota Stadium and Toyota Soccer Center here, which will be a great training facility. This is something we haven't spent a lot of time talking about, but I'm very focused on you know Dallas Fort Worth being in the middle of the country should host a number of national team uh, training centers because it's easy travel to different cities, um, and internationally, if you need to go play games in Mexico or even Canada. Um, so we're in a great location to host, you know, three, four national team training centers. So there's so many things that our community can offer. We will, you know, be a huge beneficiary of this, not just at FC Dallas, but our great city, because there's almost no better commercial for Dallas, Fort Worth than world cup 2026.
0: Well, you, you're getting me all excited. You know, World Cup is the top of my bucket list. I don't know if there could be a, a, a bigger event that, that, that we could host that, that has a, a lasting legacy. I mean, 1994, people still talk about it today whenever, you know, they bring up sporting events. And it, it doesn't matter what sporting event we're talking about. It, it always reverts back to 1994 and the World Cup and Cotton Bowl Stadium. And those magnificent matches, and uh, uh, they just seem to remember where they were and, and everything about that World Cup, and, and it's those memories. And uh, you hit on the culture. Uh, we had Pedro Silva with us earlier on the, on the mic drop, and he was talking about the diversity and the culture and the passion of, of the fans. And uh, I can't wait to bring that uh here to dallas and <clears throat> be officially named a, a host city for for 2026 uh you know i think it's important for people to know too that this will be the largest world cup ever uh in terms of the expansion of of, of the number of teams and um very important for us uh, top of our radar that you mentioned dan is that international international broadcast center over at fair park which happened to also be here in 1994 but a lot of great uh opportunity there from a media standpoint to have them in market talking about uh um you know dallas and everything that uh, we have to offer there and uh, you know mls was the kind of lasting legacy uh from the 1994 world cup so uh, i think our our legacy plan for 2026 is going to be just as important and you mentioned you know our lack of fields and just uh, uh a quick survey here locally we're we're short over 115 soccer fields here for the the demand that we have for for the youth and um i I think there's great opportunity for additional coaching and equipment and uh, just it's a great opportunity from a legacy standpoint
4: yeah i mean there's an unbelievable opportunity we talk about fields but jobs um something that has never really spent you know spent a lot of time talking about is the number of not just players jobs that came out of the 94 world cup with mls but what about coaching jobs technical jobs front office jobs Um, jobs that would never existed. And then in the media too, um, in our country where soccer wasn't a big focus, now there are so many jobs that have been created off the back of that. I always hear people talk about my dad Lamar and the number of jobs he created uh, with the founding of the AFL and then the NFL merger. And I think there just is a big economic driver, both short-term and long-term. And it's funny that you you talk about the great games that we had in 1994. Anybody who's a, a true soccer fan, I encourage you to watch the Brazil-Holland um, quarterfinal that we hosted here in Dallas um, at the Cotton Bowl. It's one of the all time greatest matches ever played. And it's so funny when I travel around and you know somehow if the 94 World Cup comes up, all, people always reference that match. And so if you're a soccer nerd like myself, I'd encourage you to go watch it. And for me, it's one, one of the the best five or six matches maybe ever in the history of the World Cup. And we got to have that in our community. That's a lasting legacy for our community. But, you know, the social impact could be gigantic for this. Um, there are so many college scholarships for young women and and for young men to get to go play soccer. And if we have more fields, that provides more opportunities for them to showcase their skills. And uh, so I just think there there are so many great things that can come of having a World Cup and the, the lasting legacy. I don't, Know that we'll get the this shot again in our lifetimes um, because they spread the game around, which is what FIFA should be doing to different countries, and it gets into a rotation. I hope that we're fortunate enough to do it, but we've got to make the most of what is right in front of us, and, and that's World Cup 2026.
0: Okay, World Cup 2026. He, he spoke it into the universe. We're going to be hosting. I, I can't wait for the official word. Um, Dan, we're, we're getting ready here next weekend uh, to host uh, the MEX Tour, Mexico uh, versus Iceland. Uh, and then big announcement last week, uh, an unveiling of our CONCACAF Gold Cup matches, uh, where there'll be nine actual uh, group stage matches here within the area. Uh, and then those quarterfinal knockout stages over at AT&T Stadium. Obviously, it's a great opportunity for us to highlight Toyota Stadium, Cotton Bowl Stadium, which are big Great base camps and training venues for uh, World Cup in 2026. And then uh, AT&T Stadium is our premier um, uh, venue. But how important kind of are these matches is international soccer to the Dallas area, not only for, you know, getting that World Cup, but just in in general. And the fact that we kind of have established ourselves as the home away from home for the Mexican national team.
4: Yeah, I mean, we've been incredibly fortunate with the Mexican national team and obviously um, there's a large uh, Hispanic population and specific uh, Mexican American population here in the area and it's great to have them here. Um, They have, have played really good soccer over the last number of years with a lot of success. Um, and they've had you know kind of iconic players in this generation. So to be able to share that with the fans here in the Metroplex is really cool. It's a high level. Um, I actually think the U.S. soccer is coming back into a really good moment um, with the players coming through too. So that's exciting from the U.S. soccer side, especially again, we go back to talking about development and players that are both domestically here in the league and also have uh, transferred internationally. And so I think um, the U.S. soccer tide is also rising too. And we need to Build that rivalry again with Mexico. Um, having that, you know, national team rivalry between U.S. and Mexico is great. But again, you, Monica, you hit on it. We have so many great venues here. The Cotton Bowl with such an amazing history, and and you know how it can contribute in, in games being played here at Toyota Stadium. <clears throat> Obviously, AT&T Stadium is going to host the tour coming up, and and it's really an honor to be recognized to host all these games. I mean, I I feel like this market is is. It's not saturated yet, but we have a lot of soccer at at different levels. Everything from MLS to international matches, even our USL team, who uh, North Texas SC, who's playing over in Arlington, uh, which is really a cool experience over there. Um, You know, so we see you know soccer continuing to come to this area, and it's great that we get recognized. And I'm so pleased that we have the good fortune of hosting the different national teams so often um, for the US too that come in. So it's diverse. It's great. You know, we'll we'll be having. El Salvador um you know uh you know coming here too um and obviously that's a large uh, population here in the Metroplex too and those fans are passionate I love their passion for the game and that'll be really fun and cool to host them too
0: well before I wrap up I I also want to mention you know I get this question a lot like we have the National Soccer Hall of Fame here in the market and I'm like yes we do over in Frisco at Toyota Stadium so um, you know, I think that's an important piece too that a lot of people are, are unaware that is right here in their backyard. And man, quite impressive if you get the opportunity to to walk through that.
4: Yeah, look, it's special. Um, my brother and I, you know, it just didn't sit right with us that it had been in New York and unfortunately closed down. It wasn't in a great location, although the community had committed to try to make it work Um, and for all those that have contributed so much to the game in the past uh, currently in the present and those that will in the future they've got to have a home for their hall of fame and it was an incredible honor to be a Awarded that by US soccer. And, you know, I always tell people this is, if you're a, a fan of pro football, this is, you know, canton meets soccer. Um, the experience is, is a little bit different um, in that we built it into an active stadium. So often, halls of fame and museums need uh, support of patrons, um, not just buying tickets, but gigantic, you know, financial support and we wanted this to be a sustainable model and you know building it into our stadium where we have games and where we have so many tournaments um going on in our fields we have two million people a year pass through the gates of toyota stadium and toyota soccer center we can invite them to come check out the hall of fame and make sure it's a sustainable model and it's not just a bunch of old artifacts. Um, you go to these halls of fame sometimes, or and I'm a I'm an art guy. I'm, I love museums. I love uh, all kinds of art, and and I'm a junkie for sports. So I can go to any hall of fame and be really excited about it, but. You know, in our partnership with NEC, we brought a lot of technology into the Hall of Fame, using their facial recognition software, we can embed you into exhibits and make it a very cool interactive experience that lives on with you on your uh, iPhone after or on your on your mobile phone after so It's cool, it's unique, um, but it's special because people have contributed so much to the game, and again I I go back to you know something that's really important to me, the equality in this. Um, Women have contributed so much to our game and I think it's really the only major sports hall of fame that recognizes both the women's and men's game and that's really important to me that we, we pay the tribute and uh, uh, and the, you know the homage to those that have given and what's even cooler is we have the women's world cup trophies um and gold medals I- inside the hall of fame um and that's a really special experience to go see that so i encourage all to come see it it's a great way uh if you haven't to get ready for world cup 2026 look back at the history of the game and uh yeah i invite all to come, come check out soccer here in frisco
0: i, I agree and Dan, I, I really want to thank you um, for being a great ambassador. Uh, actually, your entire family, uh, you, you know, your father, what he has done for, for Dallas and, and, the sp- and sports in general, and what you and your, your brother continue to do. Um, so thank you for joining me uh, on the mic drop. And uh, we look forward to talking to you definitely in the future and uh, um, securing that World Cup for 2026
4: uh, Monica, thank you. Uh, really thank you for all of your hard work and, and your entire team and, and everybody involved in the city of Dallas. Um, this has been, been super fun. And, um, you know, my brother and I are just proud to continue this legacy. Now for those that don't know, he's the chairman of the Kansas <laughs> city bid. Um, and so Thanksgiving was incredibly awkward this year, uh, this last year with us sitting across from each other with me being chairman for Dallas and him for Kansas city, but we, we eventually got over it.
0: Well, well, Dan, th- this Thanksgiving and Christmas may be very awkward because if we're if FIFA's going to let us know in December of, you know, who these host cities are. Uh, I don't I don't know what Thanksgiving may look like for you this year.
4: Hopefully there're presents underneath the tree for all of us. Okay, have
0: there I- we go. That's a good one. <laughs> all right, have a great day, Dan. Yeah, thanks, Monica. Okay, on behalf of me and the Dallas Sports Commission, thanks to the Mic Drop uh, production team, Chris D'Amelia, Marcus Carr, and our visionary showrunner, Tony Fay. Until next time, thanks for listening.